Hello, Restore 7 audience. Welcome to our next episode of Someone You Should Know. You know, I was thinking today, you might wonder, why is Johnny not doing more of these interviews? Well, I'm asking him the same thing. <laughs> he's a preacher at heart, right? And so he loves to be a part of the things where he knows he's going to have lots of time to talk. And he also knows that in these interviews, what we're trying to accomplish is really draw out of um, people that we think you guys should know their story and their experiences, their expertise. So he figures it's better if it's just one of us drawing that out. And so he he said, tag your it. So here I am. And I'm really excited to introduce to you today, um, Matthew and Joy Thayer. They are a couple that, um, like Johnny and I, they're a team. And that's one of the things I'm I'm starting to learn and appreciate about them. And how God has put them together clearly for such a time as this, the way that God has added their strengths together to be able to um, pursue the passions that have been in their hearts since they were very young. And I've learned a little bit about their journey and the way that um, God brought them to where they are today. I've seen enough of what they have worked on, their projects, to know that they are just getting started and so I think it's really cool to catch them at this season in their lives and hear a little bit about, um, about them, the process of how they've gotten to where they are, and specifically echoing a new narrative on the mountain of arts and entertainment. You know, Johnny and I can teach all day long on what things uh, could look like, should look like in an area of culture. And, you know, like you guys, we want to hear from people that are actually doing it and what are they learning along the way? What are they hopeful about for the future? So if you haven't yet watched Johnny and I, uh, the episode that we did on up for discussion, echoing a new narrative on the mountain of arts and entertainment, want to encourage you to um, watch that as well. You certainly don't have to watch it first, but it is a one, two punch from um this area of culture. And I think it'll give you a, a great perspective what you're going to hear today, but also what we've previously discussed on Up for Discussion. So I want to tell you a few quick things um, from their bios. Joy is an award-winning producer and actress. She produced a documentary you probably, hopefully saw called The Trump I Know. Um, also worked on Reawakening and The Selection Code. She was an associate producer on the um, incredible movie, Unplanned. And she's just done, along with Matthew, hundreds of projects through um, a company that they co-founded together, Sparrow Pictures. And they've done corporate films, commercials, documentaries, short films. They've received so many awards. Matthew has received um, awards as a director. He was actually the director on The Trump I Know and the other films that I mentioned. He's won 14 Telly Awards for his scripted and documentary work and several directing awards, as I mentioned. Um, his passion really is to tell stories that are redemptive. And I, I think I can speak for both of them after viewing some other interviews that they've done, that they also share a passion to speak truth in all the ways that it can be spoken so let's welcome Joy and Matthew. So glad you guys had time today for us. Yeah, this is um, great. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Yeah, this is an honor. Yeah. Well, um, I would love to just start by asking you guys, what makes you hopeful about the Mountain of Arts and Entertainment? Because when we talk about echoing a new narrative in the world at all, but especially in the area of you know, Hollywood and entertainment, all the ways that we celebrate life. Hmm. And it seems to have been so hijacked by yeah. um, a not so hidden agenda. And yeah. so what what makes you hopeful about mm. arts entertainment? Well, um, I'm hopeful because, um, well, for one thing, the Bible says we should be hopeful because, yeah. um, you know, Jesus is on the throne and he is ruling and reigning. And we are a part of, um, you know, bringing that to uh, the earth in a variety of different ways. And um, and so and I think that um, one of the things that makes me really hopeful um, in that regard is, is that we we are watching uh, <laughs> we're watching all of the other narratives fall apart. 
And, um, and I think that because you see us, Lewis talks about in, in mere Christianity and in beginning in the first chapter, actually. Uh, and he talks about universal truths and how we're kind of all hardwired because we're all made by the same guy. And so, um, you know, there's this thing inside of us that desires, uh, you know, stories and narratives that, you know, match that, that universal truth Mm -hmm. that, that we're built on. And, um, it was, we were teaching classes, um, you know, about what, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. And we were actually telling the students then that, you know, we saw, you know, this, this, this point coming, you know, in about 10, 15 years where stories were going to start, um, you know, just lacking substance. They were just going to either lack, you know, mm-hmm. something that connected with that universal truth, or they were going to be too flashy and not enough substance, or, you know, they were going to be too focused on messages. Um, and so uh, we, so I think that the the hopeful thing is that this this environment is creating a space where those of us that are engaging in in story from a universal truth perspective. Um, are actually going to rise to the top because people are going to be drawn to it. It's like that city on a hill narrative. Yeah, I agree. And God keeps telling me, you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that he raises up a standard. Mm-hmm. And we're we're seeing that. I really feel like the industry, as we've known it up to this point, is going to fall apart. And there's mm-hmm. going to be a whole new standard. And people that have been working in our field for a very long time are going to be able to do the stories that God has put on their hearts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, that's so true. And, you know, I, I, I feel the, like the, the passion behind that, because the short time that we lived in California and we met so many Christians that had moved there from all over and they just knew that God had put them, you know, in Hollywood and they would carry these scripts around and, and, you know, you just felt like, what, what is the ceiling? And Mm -hmm. I remember hearing people say kind of, you know, well, there's the Illuminati, there's this, there's that. And I thought, that's just so silly. This was years ago. (laughs) And I thought, you know, no, it's, you know, we just have to do more excellent films. That's what is standing in our way. And, and we need more investors towards these type projects. And I realized like it it was not God's time. Like, Mm -hmm. right. And, and yet you sense that something is shifting and breaking open. And I, it's easy to see that um, even just with you guys, just watching a little bit of, of your, um, your history and recent, uh, open doors or whatever. Mm -hmm. So would you guys give, um, give Restore 7 audience like an understanding of a little bit of your backgrounds. I'm going to be sarcastic here for a minute. Uh, (laughs) you know, both of you just had the perfect childhood and an easy upbringing and, you just just knew from very yeah. young exactly what you wanted to do. So you did all the right things and went through school for each of the things you're doing. And you got qualified by the world's standards. I'm just being super sarcastic here. But I love some of your story. You give them just a little glimpse into how God prepared you guys uniquely yeah. for what you're doing right yeah, now. And, sure. and in that, speak to the people that um, feel called to this area that, that maybe think, they're not qualified. Yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's a, that's a loaded question. (laughs) Yeah. You should, you should go for that. I'll, I'll, I'll follow up with, with mine, but you know, you can go in your, your details. Um, I mean, so obviously we're Bible believing Christians and everything. And one of the fruits of the spirit is long suffering. Right. And so I, I grew up, um, my mom, had us doing prophetic and, uh, things when I was very young. And oftentimes when you get a prophetic word, you think that's for right now and you want to make it happen and everything. And we, we forget about perseverance and long suffering and that God's called us to, to things. God gives us seeds God gives us and seeds. expects us to plant them. And we have to, you know, take care of them and tend to into it and everything. And so I got a a seed for the industry when I was five. My parents were um, a part of the the arts and entertainment base on Maui, Hawaii. That was a YWAM. My mom ran the kitchen. My dad um, did the transportation. And I fell in love with Jesus and entertainment way back then. And I realized the power of entertainment to change the atmosphere. And I... Because you used to do like little I Love Lucy skits. I would. I had a captive audience. Everybody's waiting for... Uh, their food in the kitchen and I just do a little song and a dance and you make everybody laugh and, and it was really fun. And, um, 
And so, and I just saw God was in a good mood. And, you know, these were people that were coming to ministry school because they want to change the world and they want to impact everything. And I felt like God was just like, I'm just partner with me and enjoy, you know, what I bring. And so I got the scripture, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart by Dick Mills back in 1993. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it's just been one of those passions I've had, but I made some poor choices growing up. I, um, I got pregnant at 15. I had my daughter when I was 16. I uh, had a severely disabled son when I was 20 years old. And I put some of my dreams and passions aside. And um, I went on a missions trip down to San Francisco where we were feeding the homeless. And I looked across the street and there are women in ball gowns and men. They're just dressed to the nines. And I said, Lord, I have nothing to offer them. I have no, they, I don't have a ministry tool. Which Because you were giving sandwiches. We were, yeah and socks to the homeless people. Yeah, so I, right. I had the tool to be able to talk to them. And I realized most of them were actually already saved, that they were stuck in, you know, mental illness or drug addiction, and they needed some access to, to more long-term care than just trying to get them saved. But I was looking at these people that, you know, they were financially well off, but they were emotionally and spiritually poor. And so God said, why don't you go back to school? One, one, one thing, because yeah. one, one thing that, that, that she said to God when she, you know, she, she was mentioning this, forgetting to mention this, but she said, I have no sandwich for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she looked at across at the people that were poor in spirit going like, I've got the, a sandwich for these people over here who really need, you know, mental help. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and the but they're, they're, they're already, they're already believe in Jesus. You know what I mean? But then these people over here who could give a rip about God and are, you know, poor spiritually, I don't have a sandwich for them. And mm -hmm. so that was like a, wow. a, such a profound moment mm -hmm. in the story that she told me, cause I wasn't around then. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Johnny and I, we remember each other's stories. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so now I've got a couple kids and um, I went back to college and I got my degree in media communications. It took me a very, very long time to do that. And it was one of those persevering kind of things. I'd take well, a, because of a Sawyer. I'd, yeah, I'd take a, um, you know, a semester's worth of classes and I'd have to drop the classes because he'd get sick or something. And so it was a lot of communication with the dean and um, of everybody so I could redo all the classes the next semester. And um, I, I just kept pursuing this. And so when we met, I had planned on moving down to uh, Pasadena and was going to go to Cheon's church down there and everything. And we were and had, living in Redding. Yeah, I was living time. in Redding, California at the time. And, um, and I had a lot of open doors down in, in the industry and God said, I want you to stay in Reading and I want you to build the film industry from Reading. And I was so frustrated. I said, like, finally, you know, I have all these open doors. I've done all this stuff and, and everything. And he said, I want you to do this. And at the time I didn't understand fully why. And so I argued with him for a couple of weeks and, um, and ultimately I said, you must see something I don't see. And I, I know that you're good and that you're, you have plans that are for me. So I'm willing to, to stay here thinking I'm going to stay here for like six months, you know, and then I'm going to go down there. And in the meantime, I, I meet Matt and yeah, like a couple of weeks later, she meets me. Yeah. And he said, oh, you know, I would. And then we just became best friends. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I would totally move down there and, and let's do all this. And so um, Matt came to Reading to go to ministry school. And so he finished out ministry school and we blended our families together. And then I said, I think we're supposed to start a corporate and commercial company. Mm -hmm. And Matt said, that's not filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that, that's a corporate and commercial company, and I said I know, but rather than us paying to do short films, you should get paid to do commercial films, and then that will lead to something else. Yeah. So he he trusted me, and yeah. uh, we we've done thousands of corporate and commercial projects uh, for all different kinds of companies, um, very well known. And mm -hmm. then I had the opportunity to go work on I Can Only Imagine. And Daryl LaFever is one of our really good friends. And he's uh, the main producer for Kingdom Pictures. And they do um, the Irwin Brothers projects and everything. So I was brought on to that project. And as the production secretary, um, and during that time, my father had uh, cancer. And so I had to go back home and help care for him. And he passed away in the middle of production. And so when I came back on the project, I didn't have a job anymore because I gave my job to my production 
secretary back home and had her come out and take my position. And so I came back out and they had me um, being the cast driver. And then I was meeting with the investors on that project. And so that led to um, doing Unplanned. So Unplanned wasn't a project that was I was super excited about. Um, I didn't want to do a controversial project. I wanted to do family, fun, friendly, you know, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And but I knew the agenda that they were having in the um, the pro abortion world, and because my son being born disabled, they had offered to let him pass. Um, after he was born. Now, this is what we call after birth abortions in California, and people don't understand that. And then as his life went on, we were offered um, to let him die several times because you had the right to euthanize him because of Terry Shrivo's case. And he had no ability to feed himself or, or take care of himself. And so I was considered his life support. So we could just put him on hospice, you know, and, and stop feeding him, which would just be, a, you know, we're, we're removing life support. And so people didn't understand how our our world is so twisted and these euthanasia laws had crept in. So pro-life was something very pro-life is something I was very passionate about. So we, um, we both got very involved in that project. And, um, I was, I was one of the associate producers on the project, brought in some financing for it. And then I acted in it. And then our team had went out there and done the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. on the project and everything. In the meantime, it was, um, this was another one of those, uh, things that happened. Um, it, my son was coming to end of life. So now he was almost 21 years old. And so on that project, I was home a lot taking care of him, knowing that this was either we were going to have a miracle and um, man, my life was going to change or he was going to pass and my life was going to change. And so um, during that time, God told me that, you know, I paid for his healing here on earth just as much as I paid for him to be in heaven with me. And so I, um, I said, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to do this. So it's been a hard, long journey to do all of these things that God's put in our hearts. But we kept saying this was our mission field. I never felt called like my parents to go to India and Africa and, and different things. Not that we won't do that, but it just didn't feel like our mission field. The media mountain has always been our mission field. And then after, um, my son passed away. It was a very difficult year. That was uh, 2019 was a very, very difficult year. And 2020, I I think, okay, I'm going to do something and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, figure out who I am and and all that. And the world just went completely sideways. And um, I ended up producing the Trump I know during that time. And we, we, we went to nine different States. Um, We got introduced to the first family and uh, just a bunch of experiences. But this is where one of the first things that I, and just to back it up, one of the first parts I ever went out for was Esther in One Night with the King many years ago. And so God taught me a lot about Esther. And when you say went out, she actually made it into like the top seven before she was cut. And this is at like 2,000 women. So, you know. Incredible. Yeah. And and so um, I, I learned a whole lot about Esther. And um, Lou Ingalls had prophesied over me. He goes, whether you get the part or you don't get the part, he goes, you're going to save thousands in this generation to come. And I didn't realize that the whole what he was talking about at the time. And so then it comes to doing projects like this and people would say, wow, you're going to commit career suicide. You know, if you do these kinds of projects and you do controversial things, you'll never work in this industry again. And so you have to like, huh, that's really serious. But I'm more afraid of the Lord than I am of of um, what other people can do, and they, they're not in charge of my career anyway. Mm-hmm. And so we just said these stories need to be told, and then you you get the strength and the courage to do the right thing, and then God brings in more opportunities. And I, I think, as you stated earlier, I think we are we're just getting started because now we have a path and a journey from the the industry that we were building in Northern California. We have that capability now to take and do multiple film projects, not just multiple commercial projects. And so we'll be able to start creating a lot of content that shows the world um, the truth and that God is good. And and uh, and there's going to be more people that have the courage to not be concerned about a paycheck from somebody that owns their story to mm-hmm. being like, God will be my provider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. Jump in there, that's just one half of the story. That's, and that's the brief. Yes. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So uh, let's see. I was, let's see. I, I grew up 
you know, loving um, movies and and um, Disney. My mom and dad back when Disney was like normal, um, <clears throat> or at least we thought, or at it least was. we thought it was <laughs> right. Um, Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> but um, back when you know we would uh, would go to the movies uh, every summer and we would watch uh, like Peter Pan or the re-release of Cinderella or whatever, and and uh, those were always just really fond memories and then i remember um uh when aladdin came out and i went to the theater like three times to go see aladdin i was like 13 i think when mm -hmm. it came out wow and uh and the the credits start rolling and it kind of dawned on my 13 year old brain at that time like these are adults and they're getting paid to make cartoons <laughs> like that's rad so i thought started going like i need to get in on this so I Matt's started, like, I can draw. Yeah, I can draw. And I always had drawn and, and everything. And so I started drawing more. And, but what I found out as I, and I even actually tried to go to um, animation school, computer animation school um, back in the year 2000 after um, I graduated. Um, and, uh, but the, what I, what I started realizing was that <clears throat> I was much more of a storyteller. Like I wasn't like mm -hmm. animators are actors really. I mean, they, mm -hmm. they, they they love to sit there with pencils and make things move and and uh, I was never really into that as much as I was into like this is the character and this is the backstory and this is the world that they live in and you know I wanted to you know create worlds mm -hmm. and so um, but then I I got married young and uh, had a couple kids and then uh, you know it was like well you know I gotta go and get a regular job and so. I started, up and being <clears throat> right. So I started selling mortgages and doing escrow and my soul dies. Um, and when your soul dies, you get into involved into crap you shouldn't. And uh, so my marriage imploded and I ended up kind of, you know, flat on my back. Uh, I'd gone to went to Reading, went to Bethel School of Ministry uh, and I'm laying there flat on my back and um, going like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, well, you know, the thing that I've put in your heart that you've always wanted to do, but you've never done, you could do that. And I was like, well, okay, touche. Uh, so uh, he started to... What, what else was he talking to you about that year? Well, he's talking, he was talking a lot, a lot about joy that year. Um, wow. Yeah. And uh, Nehemiah 810, you know, I even have a, an email address to this day, uh, Nemo 810. Uh, and, uh, was talking a lot about joy and strength and everything else. And then all of a sudden I meet her and I'm like, of course her name is joy. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah. And, uh, but what was kind of crazy too, is that at that point when I said yes to the Lord and said, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. Um, I could tell you, I could, I could take you pretty much to the exact spot and row where I was sitting at Bethel church. And all of a sudden God's just drops full scenes. Um, into my head. Uh, mm. And I start watching this on the inside of my forehead. And I'm like, this is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, how do I get this out of my head? You know, like, I didn't know screenwriting, I, you know, I I'd, I'd drawn, you know, and I, and I loved stories. And I, you know, my roommate, you know, uh, was going to film school. And so like, I've watched a bunch of esoteric movies from Kubrick and Lynch and, you know, all this other stuff, but I've never really actually Strange said things. like, Oh, I could be a film director. You know, I was like always more concerned, more focused on animation. Hmm. And, uh, and so all of a sudden, like I have these scenes in my head, what am I supposed to do with it? So and I was homeschooled my entire life. I was homeschooled all 12 years. And so self-education was nothing new. So I decided we, we actually debate how many years you were homeschooled because you started like in the third grade and you like. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I mean, I could I skipped like kindergarten and first grades. So it was like, you know, because whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> we understand we, that. Uh, yeah, well, you know how it is. It's, it's, homeschooling. Like, it's very organic. Yeah, yeah, with homeschool, you know, it's like, you know, you, it's like you, it's like you look at your kids, you're like, what grade are you in? And they're like. Oh, I know how old are you? And you're like nine. I'm like you might be in ninth grade. I mean, I don't know, whatever, right? <laughs> but um, so uh, we. So anyway, so I went down to Barnes and Noble and I bought a screenwriting book. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joy and I had been again hanging out, and I started sharing with her what you know I was seeing. I was like, "That's pretty good." And she's like, "That's pretty good." And I said, "I know. I think it is." And so uh, and started, I'm, I'm a hard one to. Complete. She is, and <laughs> and when when uh, and so like she said, she went out for one night with a king, and this was like we met like two months before that movie came out and 
um, she had shown me the script, one of the earlier versions of the script that she had. And I was like, oh, this looks really good. You know, this mm-hmm. is kind of cool. And they were kind of had this, either the script had some elements of the Lord of the Rings, which I was totally into. Mm-hmm. And um, like yeah, yeah, it had some stuff in it that I was like, going, okay, I can see what they're doing with this. This is really cool. We went and we were like all excited to go see this movie. So we went and saw it, I think, the, the day it came out. I, I took like a, my <clears throat> whole women's group from yeah. the church with me. There was who, a- who had all been praying for her, yeah. you know, for when she went out with the part and all this other stuff. And we went to the we went to the the theater and we walked out and we were just like, wow, it was bad. It was like really it was bad. just bad. I was and, embarrassed. You know, and so like we were started talking and I didn't even act in it and I was embarrassed. You know, and and uh, we started talking, we're like, why did this suck? Like, why was this, you know? Wow, yeah. And um, and so Jeremiah 33.3 is one of my life verses. And so um, so I was like, all right, well, Lord, um, why do Christian movies suck? <laughs> this, is, this is exactly, I mean, that's not like putting it mildly no. or it, that's what yeah. he came out and he's like, yeah. Lord, why, why does yeah. this suck? And, and, yeah. and he said, he said, Oh son, that's a much larger conversation. Let's <laughs> unfold that, you know? And so he began to, to through the process of um, learning the screenwriting and the editing and everything else, and really kind of digging into it and learning more about story, which mm-hmm. I have a natural knack for. Like, it's just like I was saying, like when I was doing animation or wanting to do animation, I was more concerned with the story elements of mm-hmm. things. And so I began to um, look more into and researching story and what that takes and, you know, all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. And I started being able to actually discern going like, oh, well, Christian movies do it this way. Mm -hmm. And they're heavy on theme. They're heavy on theme. And, you know, you're looking at like Aristotle's like hierarchy of story and Mm -hmm. they're really heavy on the theme. You know, as long as long as everything serves the message, you know, it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, really. And uh, when actually plot and story is supposed to be the first and then character yeah. and then theme. And so everything gets all twisted up and then, you know, it, it falls apart. And the same, and then, you know, the world is over here and it's like, as long as it looks cool mm-hmm. and it's like, well, it, that's why you have movies like Pacific Rim or, you know, even Avatar to a certain extent, because mm-hmm. it's like, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's very much, well, and, and in certain cases now the, the world has gotten even worse, I think, uh, than Christians were on a message. Yeah. Um, and they just are shoving messages down your throat. And so and that's not why people go to movies. It's not why people engage with story. And so um, anyway, so those were things that, you know, God began to unveil to us. And, and it was really kind of crazy because we kind of sat there and we felt like we were kind of like this island and going like, does anybody else see this? And then we started meeting <laughs> other people down in Hollywood that had been a part of the Hollywood system that were like covert Christians and we're working inside and you know we can tell you tons of stories of you know people who had changed who changed you know like um scripts or made sure that certain books didn't get made into movies and things mm-hmm. like that i mean people look at the people look sure. at the product that hollywood is putting out and uh, well at least you know especially back then i would say like five six seven years ago um, and they would be like, oh, it's so ungodly. And we're like, you have no idea. It could be way worse, mm-hmm. you know, because wow. there's so many people that are actually, you know, kind of helping to be that salt and that light that's helping to wow, preserve that's it. That's encouraging. Yeah. And so, um, but anyway, uh, so we, you know, started, you know, taking that, the stuff that we were learning and we were asked by the church um, to teach classes. So we mm-hmm. taught uh, classes, um, on filmmaking to the students and we would take them and make, we'd kind of walk them through the process of making a short, short film, film. Oh, cool. and through like nine months and, um, our, our, the student, and it was cool because, um, and we had to fight for it too, because even, yeah. e- even within, you know, the circles that we were at where we were very free and a lot of freedom, um, they were still kind of like questioning this whole thing where it's like, okay, de-emphasize the message and focus on the story. Well, what, what makes a Christian film was one of the things that that came up. And so we would always say, well, what makes a Christian plumber? 
That was how it I just want you to come fix my pipes and make sure it works. And so hopefully they're a moral, ethical person, yeah. but they are they happen to be a Christian and their job is being a plumber, you know. And so what makes Christian filmmakers are that you are a quality person, that you're honoring contracts, that you're, you know, you're honoring the story, you're honoring your actors, and you're honoring what, what comes out on screen. It's not just that the theme of the film is right. an overtly Christian. Theme, yes. you know? and so we would walk through that and all of a sudden they're like oh well it, okay it, it, yeah and and it was it was yeah it was kind of well it was crazy too because like there was several people that were going to church there they've been called the ministry school that were from the industry mm-hmm. that um were vastly more qualified than we were mm-hmm. uh to teach these classes and i remember driving up to the class one one day and i'm going like god why like why me like i'm you know, I, I feel like I'm just learning this stuff and now I'm teaching it and everything else. And, and he's like, well, you're willing. And I'm like, well, okay. You know, <laughs> that's it, you know? And so, um, and, and he had also told me like certain things, there's so many stories. I mean, it, it, that, that we, we should do more podcasts, but I mean, yeah. there's like, there's so many things that I think would be encouraging to people um, is that, I mean, he's, you know, you just listen to the Lord. I mean, the Lord told me one time I was focusing too heavy on some political stuff and like, mm-hmm. you know, it was back in 2010, like the, the tea party and you know, everything. And, and I was like, I'm really into that. I love, I love free market economics and I love, you know, I've, I've followed presidential politics since I was six, you know, like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he told me, he's like, I haven't given that to you yet. You know, he's like, you, you need I'm to, called you he haven't that. called you that yet. He says, I've, but if you put as much effort and energy into learning filmmaking as you are this, he said, I'll open up the doors. And that mm-hmm. year I said, okay. And that was in January. And that year, like all of a sudden we got asked to do the class. We did our first short film, like all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. All of these doors started opening. And, uh, and then we started winning awards. Our, uh, the our students, first short film went viral. The first short, 8 million views yeah, on YouTube. Went viral. I mean, the, our, our first, I mean, our students, the Christian, it was cool. Our, our Christian students, from ministry school yeah. were winning other film festivals yeah so the the, the film all over the, the united the, states and and it, you know and so like this one girl she made a um she made a short film about like uh alice in wonderland but it was like a kind of a spin on alice in wonderland but it had like these kind of christian tone you know tones to it but then mm-hmm. she put it into this film festival it doesn't mention god at all but mm-hmm. like there's this truth on it so it you know it wins it does really well. and so um so that was really cool to see because we were able to kind of test out some of these techniques with our students and see it actually working. One, one thing I want to have you bring up, though, really quick, mm-hmm. is because we were talking about earlier, in, in my case, of like the long suffering and mm-hmm. the perseverance mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you went to ministry school, mm-hmm. what happened? How many people gave you a prophetic word? Oh, yeah. So I went to ministry school. And um, I had just, it was when the iPhones had just come out, you know, so I had an iPhone. You had to record her on your phone, you know, so you're like... Yeah, you know, and, and I'm all like armed with the iPhone because, you know, people give you prophetic words. If you ever been to Bethel, like, you know, I mean, it, basically you just walk in the door and somebody's going to hit you with a word. You know what I mean? It's like it's yeah. just they're just slung all over the place. And so um, <clears throat> and so everybody's testing and trying and everything. And and uh, so I went to school there and I'm thinking like, oh, I'm I'm going to get some words, you know, about uh, being a filmmaker. You're, and, you're so excited. And I, I got a ton of words that year, not a single one mentioned being a filmmaker and so so i was i I, well i started getting (laughs) more and more upset you know as the year went on and i'm getting like you know like you're gonna be a businessman like all this stuff i'm like like, i don't like business like yeah yeah exactly it's like (laughs) yeah right yeah you you need to go you need to go back and uh and, and try again and we uh, well, anyway, so I asked God, I'm like, God, I'm like, why am I not getting any words about being a filmmaker? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I called you to be a filmmaker. Why do you need somebody else to tell you? Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> well put. Uh, so uh, I stopped asking uh, for those and I just, you know, forged ahead. And yeah. um, 
And so when people ask me like, well, you know, would you do anything else? And I'm like, no, because that's not no, this like is... God told me this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, yeah. So we did start doing the corporate. And, and it's always been stuff. fun and easy, right? Life has been like. Oh, yeah. Crazy. It's been super fun. <laughs> super easy. Um, but we were taking like the kids, like our kids wanted to do, you know, acting and things like that. And they were very yeah. cheap. Uh, actors and so, <laughs> right. yeah so we were like we, we started making short films uh with them uh so like joy said our first one went viral um won several awards with other ones and um so it was just like always trying to figure out like well what, what do we have and what can we do and i was really inspired by like um robert rodriguez uh, i don't know if you know who that is but he's a director and uh his first big hit was called el mariachi and it kind of took Sundance by storm. It was like the early 90s. And he had made the whole film, I think, with like $7,000. I mean, it was like I, by I himself. I think that he also like had to like donate blood. Yeah, he was something. donating plasma and blood. Yeah, he was like part of like drug experiments and stuff to raise the money and things. But anyway, so but um, but what I was really inspired with his story was that he came from a large Catholic family. Uh, down in uh, South Texas. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. he started doing short films with his uh, brothers and sisters. And that's kind of where he got started. I'm like, well, I've got a bunch of kids. Like, well, it's just <laughs> there you go. And so um, some people have football teams and, you know, yep. baseball teams, basketball teams. <laughs> We're like, we have a film team. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> and the goal was always to like make, I, I always put it as my goal. Like, I wanted to be somebody that, um, you know, somebody like eventually like a Steven Spielberg or something like that would be like, Hey, I want to have coffee with you. You know, like you're the way, what you're doing is, yeah. is interesting. That was in your goal book. That was a goal book. Right. And so, um, and now he's setting different goals. Yeah. But what was, but, but what was crazy was like Joyce said, we started doing corporate and commercial stuff and she talked me into doing that because I never wanted to do that because it's like, well, that's not filmmaking. And she's like, well, you need to direct more. And I'm like, and, and I said, and, if you, we need if you paid, can't get good at, you know, at so. directing 30 seconds, nobody's going to want to watch. Nine well, minutes. well, no. Well, and, and yeah. And so that's what happened was I was like, well, you mm -hmm. know, God put me into these situations that were very unorthodox to teach me how to be a director and how to be a storyteller. And I was like, well, I'll just try to figure out how to do it in, you know, in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And um, how do you tell a complete beginning, middle and end in 30 seconds and keep yeah. people in, entertained? Um, and so experimented a lot with those. And then, and then we started doing campaigns. And we started doing campaigns. Multiple commercials. Multiple commercials. And then uh, we'd do brand stories. Yep. We, got, we got into a bunch of. But it was products. always from the standpoint of, you know, making relationships with, you know, people in the industry. So we have, you know, made relationships with producers and other people and actors and stuff and aiming towards, you know, Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And then um, after Unplanned, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, and uh, the one of the producers from Unplanned met Laura Trump and mm -hmm. and um, uh, kind of found out like all these stories about the Trump family that nobody knew about. And he's mm -hmm. like, well, we should do this documentary. And so they called me up and they said, hey, do you want to do yeah, a doc, doc, direct a documentary on, on Trump? And I remember in that moment going, wow, that's going to draw a line in the sand. Uh <laughs> You know, because, you know, you're going like, I've been focused on getting towards Hollywood, right? Right. And this all happened in a flash. Like, it was just nuts, right? I'm sitting in Reading, and I'm sitting on my porch, and my buddies are asking me if I want to direct this. And I'm having this whole dialogue in this, in, in literally a split second. And God shows me, you know, basically, I'm, he lifts me up. I look down in California, you know, down the landscape, and I see Hollywood. And he says, why are you concerned about currying favor from an industry that's dying? Mm -hmm. and, and, and then he kind of like turns my head and I swivel and I look over towards the middle of the United States. And he says, that's where your audience is. Get to know them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, OK. So I said I was in. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I, whatever, what, I was, whatever this is, whatever's going to happen, it's going to lead to the next thing that God has for us. So, all right, let's go. Yeah. And uh, and so we made the documentary about Trump and that was a whole God thing. Yeah. Like our entire crew was we, Christian. We should just do one episode just on We that. should do it. Yeah. But uh, the whole, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was crazy. Like the whole, like our, our, uh, our crew was all Christian. We all did communion, we did communion every night, every night. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the reason why is because we didn't know what we were going to be filming next. I mean, mm -hmm. I 
we had an open door with Laura Trump and she was going to open up some other doors, but then, you know, you get down there and then there's politics and there's certain forms you got to fill out and everything else. And so we're just kind of sitting there. Mm -hmm. I told my crews, I said, this is going to be like a wildlife documentary. I said, I don't, I mean, is is the, is the pride going to show up? Are we going to see the big lion? You know, I don't know. (laughs) And, uh, and so like, I mean, I remember there were some agonizing moments about, you know, two thirds through the film, I was filming the film where I I didn't know if we were going to actually have anything. And um, nothing wow. seemed to be working out. And then God just would open up doors and we met Paula White and we met like all of the, and it was all kind of like just in these very bizarre ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, they were all God divine yeah, appointments. And we end up, you know, you know interviewing the president and, the um, and the White House. And even that didn't go well. And that's a really, that's a long story. Um, it went well. It well, didn't it, go it, as it, planned. It didn't go as planned. It went but really it went well. well. Yeah. And in well. the moment, it didn't In the moment, bad. I was disappointed. Sure. Really bad. Like, I, I called Joy and I was basically crying. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so... And if you ever seen a grown man cry, it's, it's yeah. pretty. But it, yeah. was, it was crazy. And, um, but we prayed and, and God gave me... I would wake up in the morning, you know, with answers to problems in the edit room, like trying to figure out mm-hmm. how we were going to do certain things. And all of a sudden, I'd wake up and I'd go over to my editor's house and be like, Hey, I, I think this is how we should do it. And he's like, that'll work. work. You know, like, you know, boom, boom, boom. Work. And we just, and, and we, we produced that whole documentary in 90 days, which is insane. What? Yeah. The whole thing was insane. done in 90 days. Yeah. Even the composing, we had a composer yeah. on, you know, that had to. Do oh, and, and, and that's why to this day, my favorite uh, review on Amazon is a one star review. Mm-hmm. And people are like, why why, why a one-star review? And I'm like, because it says this thing was completely staged. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, if you think it's that good, then I'm going to take that as a compliment because I was there and there was nothing about <laughs> nothing that whole staged. thing that was staged no. at all. Whoa. Um, no. even, so, the, even the things we tried to stage couldn't be staged. Oh, no. So nothing. Yeah. And then we released it, you know, in October, 2020, when everything got censored and banned. And so like that, you know, yeah. that's why there's so many people that still to this day, they're like, where do I watch it? Where do I watch this? Or or they watch it and they're like, this was so good. Like, how have I not seen this before? Why mm-hmm. isn't anybody talking about this? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, because it, you know, and it was funny too, because our team was all despondent about it. And God told me at that moment, he's like, this was for after. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, yeah. like there was, this was for after the election. Like there was something else. You said you know, that this, early on. You're like, this is for this it's time like, period. You know, wow. God just talks to me in you said God's very odd that. ways. Oh, and, you uh, guys. This anyway. is so powerful to hear. I'm literally teary-eyed because I'm always um, kind of listening for the story behind the story, right? And y'all are giving us the story behind the story. But even the story behind that is just um, God walking with both of you first individually and then together as he brought y'all together and you know he's he's telling a huge story that we all get to be a part of especially as we are willing as you said Matthew and we just keep saying yes and it's not about us um you know doing everything right and being qualified in the world's eyes and the shift I think that we're all a part of really in every area of culture right now is so he's like positioning us mm-hmm. and um I see how he's positioning you guys and yeah. how you you are so I say this a lot but you cannot give away what you don't have and so you can't tell a story that um that he's not telling really yeah. if you're if you're authentic and you guys clearly are and so you're you're looking always for the story what is he saying what is he yeah. doing and that that rarely sounds religious or, <laughs> or you know it's it it's it's it is the the first family story it's the mm-hmm. like he's in all of it he's in all of it and and how you stewarded your own stories with him is just like playing out. And I, I guess I wanted people to kind of hear that part of my processing of listening to you guys, because so many people are in different stages of their story. And, and yet they know that they're called to be a part of telling the stories Yeah, and they need permission. And you guys, 
you both had to clearly work through God giving each one of you permission at such key junctures in your own lives and your own relationship with him. And now you've got this huge green light from him. He's just given you permission to just like move forward. And um, clearly too, Matthew, like the, the business part is the part maybe you didn't know, but there's the most creatives, I guess I'll generalize here, but most creatives, <laughs> they're, they're not, um, good at the follow through and the admin side of things. And I, I see how God's like given y'all just strategy between the two of you and Mm -hmm. building a team around you. And obviously that needs to increase as the more that y'all get to steward and multiple projects at the same time and who they are and all of that. But, okay. I'm just rambling now, but I would love to, um, to hear just as we get ready to close up two things, what, um, how can we support you guys? I mean, you are being positioned, you are on the front lines. What's, what's next? What are you excited about? What can we get behind and how can we get behind it? And, um, how can we stay in touch with what you guys are doing? You know? Yeah. Well, uh, let's see. Yeah. I, I think that um, right now, I think that if if people are praying, my parents always said that if you're going to be on the front lines, be have watchmen mm-hmm. on the walls. Yeah, and so sure. if, if that's all somebody can do is pray yeah. for us, is pray that we do have the right team of people and that we surround ourselves with mm-hmm. people <clears throat> that are like-minded, like-hearted, that um, are unafraid of uh, what they see going on, but they keep their eyes on the Lord. I think mm-hmm. that's really, really key and important. Pray for our faith family. And then the, the finances for these projects, we're not uh, studio funded and we are not getting dark money to tell these stories. You know, I'm, I raise most of the money on all the projects that we work on. And um, we've got five projects that we can do this year if we had the funding for those projects. And um, people don't always understand the value in, in the stories that we're telling uh, from the finance side of stuff. And Hollywood is putting out films that are, you know, 50 million, hundred million dollar projects. And we're over there going, I need, I need $5 million to put this thing together. And we're still, you know, trying to do this on a shooting budget for some of these mm-hmm. projects. So if people want to support us financially, there's a few different ways, but we have a locals page that um, we started. Mm-hmm. And so people can donate and that will keep our lights on and will help if awesome. they want to, um, if they want to, you know, give us a, a substantial donation, we can or, get or, you the contact for that. Hey, if anybody's out there that, you know, is an investor or, you know, is, you know, We've has got the ability to, to invest and um, got a slate. we have, I, okay. So I, unfortunately I'm not going to give you pitches here online because um they're really good ideas and um they could be they could be taken um but i have shared uh these ideas uh with um with several people and there's there's people that you know like are well to do that that are like we want to give you money but maybe you know it's just it's it's such an an odd time right now because Mm -hmm. there's so many people that have the means, but their assets are down. And so like liquidating assets at this point is not something that's usually a good thing to do when your market's down, yeah. stuff like that. So there's things, there's times where it's like, we've talked to people and they're like, those are amazing ideas, but I don't, I'm not in the position, you know, to liquidate certain things. They might just to, need to trust know. the Lord with their assets. But, I don't know. But we have, <laughs> yeah, but we have, uh, several, we have, uh, a couple documentaries that we're working on. We've got um, one that people are going to hear about. Um, uh, we're working on that in a couple yeah. few months. Um, we've Sorry. got a project that we're working on, um, putting on Angel Studios. We have two two for Angel. Two of those. Awesome. One of those is a, an animation, uh, yep. an animated. And so, project. if you want to get on the ground floor of something like The Chosen, like give me a call. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when you say get in on the ground floor, what do you want them to call you about? Like, if they want, if they want, if they if they want to give us some some, we've got uh, we need to raise about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We've got eighty six thousand mm-hmm. dollars so far mm-hmm. um, to to create what's called um, a, torch. a torch, or mm-hmm. ba- basically like what what Dallas Jenkins did with the shepherd. If people have mm-hmm. seen um, the short film that started the chosen. 
So that's the way that their model works. Mm -hmm. And so we have a, a short film. So you're looking that, for donors uh, and investors. And donors and investors. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no, we have an investment model. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and then we also have a um, an animated, because uh, I actually illustrated some children's books. We didn't get that, but I illustrated children's right. books for Danny and Sherry Silk. I don't know if you know who yeah. Danny and Sherry Silk are. Yeah. So um, I illustrated their children's books. And so we're working on uh, taking those and turning them into an animated series. Um, and we have all of, we, we basically have the, um, the, uh, the plan and the team to do that. Mm -hmm. And we just need, uh, the startup capital for that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so we need about what, $75,000 75 for that torch. Um, okay. and, and then so, what, what happens is what you do is you build a torch, which is original, um, original footage, original music, all that kind of stuff. And then mm -hmm. they put it on the platform and then it goes to the crowdfunding and investor phase for the rest of everything. Right. So, um, for that, you know, you, you see the movie David that, um, you'll see Kirk Cameron doing a lot of ads, uh, for the animated series, David, um, on, so they start with a little tiny short uh, animation and that would be like what you would raise the, the initial funds for and then the crowd gets behind it and they can either donate to it or they can do investment finances yeah. so at this point where if investors want to come in we would have where investors could fund like the whole $75,000 for if they if they felt just called to family friendly content because yeah. we feel like we have to you know we need to create content for different age mm -hmm. groups yeah. And stuff because if you watch Netflix, they got stuff for two year olds, they've got stuff for mm -hmm. 10 year olds, they got stuff for 18, all that kind of stuff. So, our projects would actually target different demographics, and the yeah. teams that we would build around those projects would allow us to do that. Yeah, yep. that's incredible. Um, okay, so I think it's so important for our, our audience to remember this is kingdom work. When you mm -hmm. invest or donate towards changing the narrative and, mm -hmm. and allowing us to advance the kingdom, the kingdom is the king's domain. Jesus is better mm -hmm. way of doing everything. So we've got two people right here on the front lines who are tried and proven, integrous, who have projects waiting mm -hmm. to advance the kingdom with there couldn't be a better place to to get behind financially and um anyway okay so keep going what else now <laughs> well and, and you know and that's the thing is that i think that that those of us who are um christians right because you know even christians are in the in two camps right it's like christians that believe that we're at the end of the world or people that believe that you know we're actually you know part of establishing the kingdom on the on the on the planet mm -hmm. um you know, it's like it, th those of us that it's kind of crazy because I, I feel like those of us that are positioning ourselves with hope um, are actually going to launch past um, all of these people that are going to bury their stuff in the backyard. Yeah. You know, it's like and because because that's just, well, not only is I think it's just a law you know, of how the world works. Right. If you position yourself correctly, all of a sudden you're going to get drafted in you know, and people that aren't positioned correctly are going to get left behind. But also it's a part of scripture, you know, because Jesus talks about it in the parables. You know, it's like, I've given you these talents and there's so many people that are right now that are just scared mm -hmm. and they're, and they're holding back because they're like, oh my gosh, AI, oh my gosh, like the shot, oh my gosh, the World Economic Forum, oh my gosh, no, Yuval Harari is the devil, you know what I mean? Like all this stuff. And I'm he like, yeah, they're, well, and they're, they're, they're heinous people. I mean, but the problem is, is that the people they're like, well, yeah, but Jesus is bigger. I mean, yeah. Jesus is, Jesus is the one that's on the throne yeah. and he's God. And like, do we either, do we believe the scriptures or not? Mm -hmm. And are we going to position ourselves and our heart and our art, mm -hmm. uh, you know, from that standpoint. And like I said, I, you know, 15 years ago when we were teaching these classes and we were teaching these students because these students would come to us and they would be like, they would either have something that was like, you know, this comedy about this, the ministry school and like nobody else would watch it. Like, you know what I mean? Because it wasn't funny to anybody else or, yeah. you know, there would be something that was like so myopically focused on, well, we have to to save people or talk about this, you know, what, you know, and I'm like, you know what, I just want you to, to entertain me. So just go back, rewrite this and tell me a story and at least get me to pay attention to you for eight minutes. Yeah. And <laughs> And I always equated it from the standpoint of like the um, with with uh, golf, mm -hmm. right? You learn 
how to hit the ball straight before you throw power behind it. You know, mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg created Jaws before he created Schindler's List. And so there's, you know, there's steps to this, mm-hmm. right? And, um, but God is positioning us when we were doing these classes. I, I saw in 15 years, I said, you guys need to understand that you have to learn how to do this because at some point people are going to be looking for entertaining mm-hmm. People that know how to tell stories that contain truth, mm-hmm. and it's going to happen in about fifteen years. And here we are, about fifteen years later, and look at what's happening. We've got a glut of, of stuff that's all over streaming that people are still going like there. There are all these streaming channels, and it's the same thing that happened, mm-hmm. you know, twenty years ago, where there's like I got two hundred and fifty cable channels and nothing to watch. Yeah, because yeah. nobody's watching it yeah. because it's all drivel. Mm-hmm. It's all mass marketed, mass produced. It's not connecting with anything that's actually coming from the universal values that God built this this whole entire universe it's on. It's kind of like vegetables that have no nutrients inside right. of them. It's just you can eat it, but <laughs> it's not adding any value to your it's life. It's like a bunch of celery. It's like yeah. it's just just vapid of nutrition. Yeah. And people are going to start gravitating because that's what happens. People start mm-hmm. gravitating away from those things and they start looking because we're story we're story creatures. We're creatures that need story. That's why history is created as a story. It's why the Bible is written as a story. It's story. We need that. And people don't understand that we need it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing that I think a lot of people, they can, they kind of apologize for when they, you know, it's like, well, I'm just watching this for entertainment. It's like, no, you're not. You're watching it because you need it. You need a story mm-hmm. because we see the world in, in such a linear fashion and it doesn't make sense to us because we're like, well, I, I understand that love exists and I understand that justice exists, but I don't see it every day. I don't see it happen. I don't see these mm-hmm. things. And so it's confusing and I'm not able to make sense of it. But then a story gives mm-hmm. you all of that in about two hours or 10 hours if you're watching a limited series or whatever. But you see these principles laid out and you walk away going like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. I, I, I can go and face my, uh, my, my boss who is you know, irate and, and, or whatever I can go and I can deal with my, my spouse. I can have these hope because I can, I see these principles laid out before me. And so it kind of reorients our heart and that's yeah. what stories do. And when we don't have that, which is why, what I think what we're facing now is really a, a crisis of story in a way yeah. where it's like, we don't have that. And, and then also, you know, the stories that are told are built off of all of these different philosophies, naturalism mm-hmm. and rationalism and empiricism and mm-hmm. all of these things that actually end up eating themselves or mm-hmm. committing suicide on themselves mm-hmm. and people and, or leading to just vapidness and vacantness, right? It's leading mm-hmm. to no God and yeah. people are going to start connecting with these stories that um, I think that us and other really great Christian yeah. storytellers are starting to kind of get Link this. Arms. And starting to link arms, mm-hmm. and I think we're walking into a new golden age. Um, that so so if there's people that want awesome, to donate uh, to these or projects, or if they want to invest, invest yeah. in these projects and they want to hear more about those opportunities, they can find us on sparrowlocals.com, sparrowrumble.com. Um, they can email us at info at sparrowpictures, and we can have greater conversations. And if you you um, know if, if if you know Johnny and, and Elizabeth, you know they can give you our contact information yeah. too. So. <laughs> All right, good, good. That doesn't mean you can email us if you don't know us, but if we know you. Yes, reach out and we will make the contact. Yeah. Um, yeah. Goodness. Well, I, there's so many other questions. I really, I'm going to have to do some follow-up with you guys. <laughs> but I I just, I see how God, you know, his face as creator is who we're, we were meant to encounter through all the ways that we're entertained and all the ways that we, you know, sports, competitions, um, food, culinary experiences, of course, art, and of course, movies and film, what we've been talking about today. And the face of God as creator, like he, his most amazing creations, sunrises and sunsets, he didn't sign his name. Like there wasn't like, by the way, I'm God and you should know me and I'll save you for eternity. He just loved us with his creativity without agenda. And I think the permission to like create within the boundaries of we're not reflecting the enemy who yeah steal kill and destroy but there's a whole lot of you know mm-hmm. creative flow apart from that that, that yep. we we can 
be a part of as creators, um, reflecting that aspect of who God is. And um, so I hope, you know, let's, in fact, would, would one of you guys or both of you pray for people that are called to this, either to mm. help fund and finance it, or those that are yeah. called like to actually play a role on the Mountain of Arts Entertainment? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I think it was Bobby Connors. My mom sent me um, something recently, and he was talking about this woman and uh, that that didn't have any money, and she's having uh, she had some twins that were disabled, and they were just had these issues. And she, um, Bobby, God told Bobby to give all his money away to somebody, and this lady had given Bobby her last twenty dollars, and. Mm -hmm. And he was just over there going, Lord, I can't take her money. And he said, that's my money. That's not her money. And so I think that when it comes to sacrifice and, and people that are wealthy, sometimes their sacrifice looks different than somebody that has $20. Yep. But I still think that it's not our money, no matter if a sacrifice for one person is $200,000, $2 million, or if it's $20. I think God still calls us to sacrifice and trust him with the return. Yep. And that return can be financial or non-monetary or whatever, mm -hmm. because God will take care of us however he wants to take care of us. So, And, and, and real quick, to those that are, are looking at doing into this industry mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. wanting to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, one, one, number one, it's just the willingness to answer. And it's a lot of work. Because if you feel like that's what's on your heart then you need to trust that mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. because God is the one that, like Joy said, it's not, it's not, you know, your dreams, it's his dreams, mm -hmm. you know, and he puts them inside of you. And mm -hmm. so he, and that's what, it, you know, I remember uh, one time having it out with him going like, God, when is this going to happen? And he's like, mm -hmm. I put those dreams inside of your heart. Don't you think I care about them more than you do? And yeah. so you have to be willing and trust him uh, on the journey, but also understand it's going to be a journey. And like I said earlier, God gives us uh, seeds. And a lot of times, especially in a prophetic culture, mm -hmm. um, people get like, well, I see Hollywood over you or, and, you know, and we live in this and we, so we combine the prophetic culture with a microwave culture and it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, not all the time, like certain times there's now words where all of a sudden it happens and that's absolutely, it's true. But, mm -hmm. but we, we have a relationship oriented God. And so he's, he, he's not a, he's not a vending machine. He's not somebody that you punch a bunch of buttons and all of a sudden something comes out. It's a, it's a, it's an organic relationship. Mm -hmm. And so whatever journey he has you on is the journey that he has you on. And mm -hmm. so you have to just embrace that and trust him and, but allow that seed and protect that seed. Because if you feel like that's been given to you, then you need to nurture it. You need to get, you know, figure it out. Like if, if you're somebody like me that can get books, mm -hmm. you know, my Amazon account is, I think I, I don't, I, I have so many books, um, daily. And, you know, and, uh, or, you know, what's really great about these days is that there's lots of classes mm -hmm. on online. It's a lot mm -hmm. easier to find information, you know, watch the stuff that's on, um, you know, blue, you know, blue rays or behind the scenes mm -hmm. type of stuff, you know, just, get involved in the art itself and learn how it works and find yeah. ways to get involved in it and just experiment and try stuff. But, you know, it, it's, it's, it's not something, it's a skill, it it's a craft, it you know, like Joy says, one of my favorite things that she says is what, what I want me, want me to say it or are you going to say I don't it? know what you're going to say. Okay. I'm trying so to, she says, she says that if, if all of a sudden God said oh, yeah, to no, you I that, yeah, you want to go ahead? So I, I, I typically equate it is if God called you to be a surgeon, you wouldn't wake up tomorrow and start cutting on your friends. Mm -hmm. So if, if he's called you to art and entertainment, it is one of the hardest industries to get into. And they are the, the people that are skilled are skilled because they've put in hours of That's education and they've learned a lot. So no matter how you need to get educated, you know, for whatever part of the craft, whether it's a DP, I do the producing side, a lot of admin um, yeah. work. I, I've had to take classes at, on weekends because, again, I was raising kids and things. Figure out what you're called to mm -hmm. and just commit to it. And then yep. um, I always say, uh, remove ideology out of your head because we get so screwed up on how it's supposed to look instead of just going, we're going to get there kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then on the investment side, I, I know I talked about sacrifice and everything, but 
we have worked so hard on the business side of this industry for a very long time now mm-hmm. is I really feel like while, while there's going to be investors out there that are nervous, especially right now, because the world is in this strange place that none of us have ever been in before. I really see this as a massive opportunity that yeah. God is going to take the wealth of the uh, wicked and laid up for the righteous. And I think that investing in something that makes you a little nervous actually is going to have the biggest return on investment too. Amen. And I think that we, because he's strategically given us ideas on how to, to do that as mm-hmm. well. So, but we should, we should pray. And Lord, we just thank you so much for um, Johnny and Elizabeth. We thank you for their ministry. We thank you for their courage and their boldness. We thank you for their audience that takes the time to, to listen to shows like this and that you have people divinely appointed to hear this word today and that you are calling them to the arts and entertainment industry in one form or another. There's a place for electricians, for painters, for musicians, for everybody in this field. And we just thank you, Lord, that this mountain is a mountain that will influence every other mountain. And so we thank you that you are going to um, take the stories and use them for good and that we will influence the influencers and we will partner with your Holy Spirit and be a conduit of, uh, of heaven. In Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Awesome, Amen. you guys. Thanks so much for your time. And I will have links in the description here where you can go to donate, where you can go to learn more about all the films that they've produced. I know you have some on your website that people can access that way. If you haven't seen the films that we mentioned, they're all amazing. And um, a little birdie told me you were doing something with uh, Brad Cummings. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he was one of the producers for the shack. Is that right? Yeah. Or, writer or both? Yeah. He, yeah. he was, well, uh, he um, was kind of uh I guess a, a ghostwriter in a sense. I mean, he contributed to yeah. the book, mm-hmm. um, but then also um, the he was the producer on the the film. Uh-huh. Um, and his some of his which it didn't do very well, did it? No, yeah, yeah, yeah it did alright. How many? Did, how yeah. many views did I it get? I don't know. It was like it, it did really like well in the box. Hundred million or something. Like, yeah, it, was, it was. I think it, one it of really the, well. besides the passion. I think it was one of the top wow. grossing Christian. Yeah. One of the top grossing. I loved Christian it for sure. And uh, it was really. But good. then he also uh, did uh, the Founders Bible yeah. with David Barton. Huh. Um, and uh, the Founders Bible, if people don't know about Which is this, also printed in the U.S. Uh, is uh, is really cool. It's uh, it's like a history book and a Bible kind of smashed yeah. together. Uh, wow. It's amazing, and they did a really amazing job. He worked with David Barton um, and several other uh, contributors. Uh, he was the editor in chief on it, and um, basically you know, just outlines like it, it's kind of, it's one of those, like um, if you ever, you ever had like the spirit life Bible or something like that, where all of a sudden yeah. it's like you're reading along and like there's these little parts and articles inside of the Bible. And it's, you know, all of a sudden you'll get to this point in Isaiah where it talks about how, you know, this passage, you know, Christopher Columbus, you know, had in his journals and, wow, you know, and then like, um, you know, this law or this, this tenant, this thing that we, that we do in the judicial system actually came from this part in mm-hmm. Joshua, you know, and stuff like that. So it's just a really kind of or orients, orients us back to um, an understanding of, you know, yeah, we are in a Christian nation because mm-hmm. it comes from the Judeo-Christian ethics and the universal law and the common law. So it's, it's really cool. So the project you and Brad are working on is kind of inspired. We're kind of inspired by that. Yeah. So yeah, a little tease. Very good. Okay. Well, we'll put a link to that uh, find founders Bible as well. um, We just are excited for you guys and, and look forward to hearing more over the years, what God does with you and through you and, We'll celebrate together how his kingdom's advancing in arts entertainment. So, all right. Well, thanks so much for your time. And we look forward to having you back again, hopefully soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon.